1: Whether you've just been introduced to urban farming or you're a lifelong advocate, we're sure you'll leave feeling more informed, equipped, and empowered to dig deeper into the soil of your local food economy. With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson.
2: Today we have Lisa Steele on the show to talk about her book, Fresh Eggs Daily, and her experience raising chickens and ducks. After graduating from college and doing a short stint on Wall Street, Lisa Steele returned to her rural roots and is now living on a farm in Maine with her husband, their flock of chickens and ducks, two dogs and a barn cat. A fifth generation chicken keeper, Lisa encourages others to raise their own chickens naturally without using antibiotics or chemicals. Also an aspiring herbalist, she incorporates herbs, weeds, and edible flowers into the daily care of her flock and shares this advice on her blog and Facebook page, Fresh Eggs Daily. She has also written a book by the same name, which she's here to talk about today, and a sequel called Duck Eggs Daily, Raising Happy, Healthy Ducks. Welcome to the show today, Lisa.
3: Hi, how are you?
2: I'm doing great. So... I've read your bio. Could you fill in the blanks and maybe share a little bit about your journey on how you got here, especially the part about Wall Street?
4: Sure.
3: I did um, grow up across the street from my grandparents' chicken farm. They were chicken farmers. You know, it's what they did for a living. They raised um, chickens pretty much all through World War II, and that's how they supported their family. And then, you know, my mother came along, and, and she eventually met my dad and got married, and my grandparents built them a house across the street, so... We had chickens growing up, just a small flock of our own. And then my grandparents, of course, had their their big farm across the street. So, you know, I grew up with all that. And kind of, I guess, like a lot of kids who grow up in small country towns, they decide that there's a big world out there. Uh-huh. And I decided to go to college and um, got my degree. And I ended up working on Wall Street. And... I did that for a couple of years and you know, it was exciting. I was in my early twenties and it was the eighties and you know, there was a lot of money and you know, it was just a, a really exciting difference from how I grew up and um after a couple of years I just realized that it really wasn't it wasn't me, you know, it wasn't what I needed to be doing. And so I opened a bookstore actually on Long Island and I did that for a couple of years. Wow. And then long story short, I met my husband and he was in the Navy.
4: huh.
3: So that meant traveling around. Basically, the end of my career, I sold the bookstore, and basically, did, you know, didn't do a whole lot until he retired. And we bought a farm. He, uh, he always wanted horses, you know, to have horses right in the backyard. So uh-huh. we bought a farm, and I wanted, um, I wanted, you know, well, we had a lot of land. We had a barn. We had fenced-in areas, and I wanted goats. And he thought that goats might just be a little bit too much, so he suggested chickens. And I thought, you know, I had chickens as a kid. I did not enjoy it. You know, um, right. I didn't want to clean the coop. I didn't yep. want to collect eggs. We had a rooster that chased stuff. I hated it.
4: Uh-huh. But
3: I said, well, I'll read the chickens, and then maybe I'll just work on them with the goats. And honestly, this was so, almost seven years ago.
4: Uh-huh.
3: We went and got the baby chicks at the feed store, and that was it. I mean, I just never looked back. I, this is this is what i meant to be doing. You know, I kind of came full circle back to how I grew up and, and, you know, gardening and raising the chickens and just kind of being, you know, self-sufficient and living out in the country. And I just absolutely love it.
2: Wow. That's quite a journey.
3: Yeah. I think sometimes in life we have to kind of veer off the path in order to get back on the path that we are meant to be on.
2: Yeah. Well, I think
3: you appreciate it more. Yeah, you know, abs- I definitely appreciate it more.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we're here today to talk about your book called Fresh Eggs Daily. So there's a story there. How did you get to writing a book?
3: Well, after we got the chickens, I started posting their pictures on Facebook and you know, after a couple months of that my friends said, Seriously, if you post any more chicken pictures, we're just gonna unfriend you because our whole timeline is full of chicken pictures.
2: You became so, you became okay. one of those uh those uh, crazy chicken ladies?
3: Yeah, like the crazy cat ladies, the yep. people that post pictures of their babies and yep. whatever. So so I just kind of picked the name out of it a hat and said, okay, Fresh Eggs Daily. I started a, a chicken page and started posting my pictures, and, you know, people started asking questions, and, and, you know, I posted pictures of what I was doing and how I was raising them, and people started asking me questions, and I realized that not only from being around chickens when I was younger, but I also had talked to my grandmother a lot who was still alive You know when we first got the chickens and how she did things and uh-huh. I started reading a lot of books on how old-timers did things And I knew I wanted to do it naturally because that's how we raise our family our our dogs You know, we don't give them, you know, flea baths and flea collars, and right. you know all this medication yeah, exactly. and stuff. so I started reading about natural, you know how to do it naturally and there wasn't really a lot out there Mm -hmm. Um, here and there I'd read something and kind of note it down or jot it down or file it in the back of my head and I started sharing this stuff and people really really responded to it because they were raising chickens to be healthier so their family was eating healthy food they knew where it was coming from and, and what their food was eating you know and just intuitively you don't want to raise your own chickens for the eggs And then give your chickens antibiotics or flea baths or, you know, that kind of stuff. So People really responded. And I just was incredibly lucky to be in the right place at the right time when backyard chicken keeping was exploding. And I had the right message that not a lot of other people were talking about. And so um, I started the blog, you know, all this information that people were just asking for. And it led to um, St. Lynn's Press deciding to publish a book. Which basically is just what I do every day with my chickens. Uh-huh. You know how I have taken all this this knowledge about what different herbs do and what's in different weeds and things, yeah. and kind of applying it to chicken keeping.
2: Wow. Well, I'm, so I'm looking at your book online. It is a beautiful book. They did a beautiful job of presenting it, and it looks like there's a lot of great information in here. What's the top? Let's say the top three things that you can do to keep your chickens healthy.
3: Well, uh, I would say number one is apple cider vinegar, adding apple cider vinegar to their water Mm -hmm. a couple times a week. Um, You might remember your grandmother you know, drinking apple cider vinegar. It just has so many health benefits. I mean, it balances your pH and it helps keep the water cleaner, it it boosts your immune system. They actually like the taste of it. So doing that, and then garlic, I'm a huge fan of garlic, either minced fresh garlic or a garlic clove in their water, garlic powder in their feed. The same thing, garlic immune system booster, it helps them from getting sick, Uh is an overall health booster. And third, I guess, is just not reaching immediately for the the chemical preparation or the the antibiotic or the medication Mm -hmm. you know just stop and think Um, you know I have people email me and say my chicken is limping so I gave her antibiotics what should I do and I'm thinking huh (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's an that's interesting weird, place you know, to go for
2: a limping chicken, isn't it?
3: But that's how our society is, you yeah. mean, even with people. You get sick, you go to the doctor. They they give you antibiotics for seven days, and then you're going to be better, right? You know, and and that's not really how I I treat myself either. You know, if I if I feel a cold coming on, you know, I'll I'll start drinking a lot of tea with with honey and lemon. I'll mm-hmm. take some echinacea or vitamin C. Yeah, I um, eat a lot of garlic. So I I think that's it. Just you know, take a step back, think about what you're doing and think if there's a natural way to do it, it's going to be healthier.
2: Healthier, right, exactly. Well, and there's, not the, there's not too many places where you can find that kind of information out there, is there?
3: No, not in one place. I mean, it's, it's all there if you look hard enough. I mean, I didn't invent any of this stuff. I certainly didn't, you know, make it up, or I wasn't the first person to talk about it. But right. as far as compiling it all together into one source, you know, whether it's my book or my blog, or even the Facebook page, I mean, I share a lot of little tips and, you know, did you know this, did you know that, Right. you know, just to kind of encourage people to start thinking that way.
2: Perfect. So um, you actually, st- we stepped into this conversation at an interesting time. We have, we live on a third of an acre here at the Urban Farm. My sweetie Heidi and I have 21 hens in our backyard um, and they have about, oh, about 8,000 square feet that they just get to run wild in. And one of our challenges is feeding them. So we want to feed them organically, but we also want to see about raising forage here on site. So how do you go about feeding your hens uh, and roo- I'm sure you have roosters. We don't have any. But what do you feed them?
3: I actually don't have a rooster right now. I have had roosters. I'm not a big fan. I mean, I do like hatching chicks, but I generally buy hatching eggs, Yeah. you know, from a breeder or whatever. Yep. Um, roosters, you know, they're not going to protect your flock from, like, a coyote or a fox. Or, you know, if they do, they'll probably just end up giving their life, you know. so right. So I think in the, in the modern urban a rooster has kind of outlived its usefulness yeah, um exactly. and a lot of them don't have them and i don't like the way they rip up the hens and there's just a lot of drama and that um I yeah. only have chickens but i, see, I do feed them organic feed technically if your chickens are roaming around eating grass and bugs and things you huh. cannot look like if you sell your eggs you can't sell them as organic eggs oh, because right. those bugs and grass are not organic you right. know, they're not organic certified so what you can say is you know. Um, Organically fed chickens, or you know, chickens raised on organic feed or whatever. Um, yeah. But I, I do like organic feed, and then mine roam around also. They have a big run. Um, but I do let them out when I'm out there with them, and they eat, you know, stuff out of our garden, and weeds, and grasses, and bugs, and things, um, lizards, and snakes, and whatever. Protein, I can yeah, find exactly. Out
2: there. Exactly. Right. Fantastic. So th- the message of this book is about keeping chickens healthy. Can you say more about that?
3: Well, um, yeah, it's keeping them healthy, but it's more than that. It's starting out right so you don't deal with a lot of the health issues that others might. Uh I mean, the the conventional wisdom seems to be get your chickens, feed them, give them water, let them have some fresh air, and then if they get sick, you know, either bring them to the vet if you can find one, if you're lucky, give them antibiotics, or just call them and buy a new one. And none of those were really working for me. So, I mean, when I get my baby chicks right away, my brooder – you know, which is the little box you, you know, raise them yep, the heat. Exactly. Mine is like a terrarium. I mean, I, I put in clumps of grass and dirt mm-hmm. for them. Yep. I cut I cut uh, herbs for them and put them in there. I mean, I've heard people say, oh, chicks should only eat chick feed for like the first eight weeks. And that's wrong because when you have a chick patch under a mother hen,
4: uh-huh.
3: I mean, within two days, she's got that chick out in the yard. Yep, pulling exactly. Weeds out of, uh, pulling worms out of the ground, yep. and nibbling on grass. And so I try to create the outdoors, um... And and the clumps of dirt also bring in some of the the pathogens and and environment into the brooder. So it helps their immune systems. It makes them stronger because they're being um, subjected to these things in small amounts. So my whole message basically is start them out right. Build their immune system. Get them strong so they can fight off anything they might come in contact with so you don't have to deal with health issues. So that's pretty much the message of the book and kind of what I do. You know, in each season, at each age, in the coop, in the run, you know, just different areas and aspects that you can just kind of tweak things a little bit, uh-huh. and I think you give your chickens a better chance. Perfect at, at staying healthy.
2: Yeah, perfect. And that you know, that's so true for chickens and for us as well. I'm going to shift a little bit on you here, and let's talk about a time that you might have failed at part of this and what you might have learned from that because what I always like to share with our listeners is that you know there's it's always not you know it's not always perfect some things happen so what happened for you is there something that happened well
3: yeah the biggest challenge with chicken keeping is predators
0: oh Um, yes pretty
3: much everything out there wants to eat your chickens Uh and real early on it was our first flock and um, I actually wasn't home at the time but a pair of foxes We did have them in a run, but a pair of foxes dug underneath our barn Uh to get into the run and killed like all the three of them. Um, I mean, I was devastated. I was the three three that survived were all injured. My husband luckily was home and he did um, dispatch the fox and he got the three into the coop and then you know cleaned up everything else. But I, I was done. I did not want to take care of them. I didn't want to go down there. I didn't want to look at them. I didn't want to. I wanted nothing to do with them. Um, And he said, you know. They they rely on you. They need you to, you know, mm. nurse them back to health. But, I mean, I just felt so guilty. I felt like I had failed them. I felt like I hadn't done enough to keep them safe. And I carried a ton of guilt. I mean, I know, mm. you know, people say they're just chickens, but it was devastating. Yeah. And I would not wish it upon anyone. So the biggest thing is predator-proof and then predator-proof again and then do it again. Have as many layers of security as you can. Yep. Um, you know, there's so many things you can do, like the solar doors, you know, just in case. You forget to lock the door one night or you get home after dark, you know, solar predator lights, mm-hmm. you know, half-inch welded wire around everything. Chicken wire is good for nothing. I mean, it's good for, like, crafts.
4: Yeah, <laughs> It's exactly. not going to keep a
3: predator out for more than four seconds, you know. So, I mean, my coop is now, like, Fort Knox. Our <laughs> run is completely covered. The fencing is sunk. We have Perfect. We have so many flashing lights around our, our run. Our neighbors must think we have this high-tech security system because there's, like, blinking. And you know, yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: so, so you. That's
3: the thing, and you can't let it discourage you. I mean. Right you know stuff
2: happens you live in a rural area i do want to just note that i live in the city and we have those same kinds of problems we have foxes and um,
4: raccoons
2: raccoons and coyotes and bobcats and dogs you know so
4: yes neighbor's dogs dogs,
2: exactly these are all things that we need to consider when we're putting chickens in so in fact we i had a hawk it was was so cool i had a, a hawk land on the back fence here the other day so it's you know it's predators are a big thing and you you know when you're keeping chickens it's absolutely something that uh, you need to pay attention to. Um, so, Everyone
3: has them. I hate when people say we don't you know we don't even lock our coop door at night. The uh-huh. chickens just go in. And we just leave it open because we don't have predators. Yeah. And you know I just have to bite my tongue to say you do have predators. And one night one will get in and the next morning you won't have any chickens. Yeah. It's just a matter of time, really. Yeah. I mean you have to you have to act like. You know, big footage after your chickens every night. You know, yep. I mean, I had someone tell me they had a trail cam on their coop, you know, trained on their coop. Uh-huh. And they looked at the footage and a raccoon came by uh-huh. every night and tried the coop door. And then when it was locked, continued on. And they said, you know, if just one night we forget to lock that door, yep. that'll be the end of our flock. Yeah. I mean, the, the predators are so persistent and you only have to be wrong once. Right. And they've won. So yeah. Yeah, that, perfect. Was, that was the worst lesson.
2: Yeah and I completely understand that I know that uh, if I'd lost one of her hands you know how she'd feel so so what do you consider your biggest success
3: Well I think the book I mean I, you know I have a I have a huge audience on Facebook of over half a million people and you know about that many visit my blog a month wow. but the fact the book sort of brought the message to a larger audience you know uh-huh. I felt like Facebook and the blog were a very small kind of insular audience Um you know, that are that are very loyal, and they keep coming back, and I recognize names and things, but it didn't really bring the message to a, a wider audience, and I think the book, you know, being on Amazon, being available in, in the U.K. and Canada and mm-hmm. Australia and, you know, France and Belgium and that, I think that it really did kind of bring my message to a lot more people, and I think it's just such an important and easy to implement, it's not expensive, you know, it's not asking someone to, build, you know, buy a ton of equipment or expensive anything really right. um and it's something you can do whether you live on a farm you whether you live in a in a, a neighborhood and just have a, a small backyard flock,
4: mm-hmm.
3: you know it's something that
2: everybody can do perfect perfect and so what drives you what's your big why about all of this
3: well i'm 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 a pretty ambitious person i mean <laughs> you can't really work on wall street without you know
2: <laughs> yeah exactly I'm,
3: I'm pretty much a type a so I always need to be doing something, and, and now that I'm doing something that I really love to do, and I've been able to turn it into a living, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just kind of like the American dream. I mean, to, to do something that's your passion and really enjoy, you know, every day, and, and it really is true that I don't even feel like I work anymore, but I work harder now. Than I ever did when I sat in a cubicle. You know, there's yeah. no coffee break, there's no lunch right. break, there's no nine to five, you know. Yeah. But I don't feel like I work anymore because I just really enjoy it. I enjoy helping people. You know, I feel like so many chickens are just living better lives because the light bulb goes off and people go, there's a different way to do this. Yeah. And it's fun. You know, you can get the kids involved. And so that's great.
2: Fantastic. Fantastic. So I am all about education. And I have to know, is there one book that, you, that you've that you read along the way, besides obviously yours, um, that <laughs> that have inspired you, that has motivated you, that has you think differently about all of this, or not about all of this, but some book?
3: I mean, that really is a hard question, because I have been a reader um, my whole life. Both my parents were teachers, and they really encouraged uh-huh. reading. And um, then over in the bookstore, obviously, you know, I get a ton of reading yeah, um, yeah, exactly. when, I, when I did that. And now I've read like literally every chicken book um, on the market. I mean, uh-huh. every time anyone comes out, I, I read it just because it interests me. But but honestly, I mean, this is going to sound very strange, but the golden book, The Little Red Hen.
2: Oh, yes. I don't know if you remember it. Yep.
3: Um, but I had that book as, as a child. And, you know, just the, kind of the little red hen is so industrious and, and no one wants to help her. And it, it, it's, it's just a good message about, you know, helping people and, and working hard and all that. And of course, it has chickens in it, too.
2: So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm sitting over here with a great big smile. It's like, I got it. And that, yeah. <laughs> Good job. So what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners?
3: If the thought of keeping chickens even crosses your mind, do it. Don't overthink it. Don't analyze it. There's never going to be a perfect time, or mm-hmm. you're never going to learn everything or know everything. You know, do some reading. Do some research. You know, buy some books. Buy my book. Whatever. Whatever. Um, But then just dive in, you know, buy a coop, build a coop, go get some chicks, and you'll learn along the way, and you will not regret it. I don't know that there is any person I've ever spoken to who says, I got chickens, and we still wish we hadn't done it. Yeah. I mean, I never hear that. So.
2: And that is so true. You know, once you have them, it's it's golden.
3: Yeah. They become part of the family. I mean, people are surprised how friendly they are and how how curious, And, and they just really do become part of your family, and trust, they lay you these delicious fresh eggs every day I mean I haven't eaten a store-bought egg in six years and I never will eat a store-bought egg again I'll I'll go without before I'll eat one I hear you
2: well thank you so much for joining us on the show today and sharing your experience so uh, how can our listeners find you Um, your website an email address if you want to share it
3: My website is fresheggsdaily.com. I'm on Facebook at Fresh Eggs Daily and Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, pretty much anywhere you are. If you just search Fresh Eggs Daily, I'm probably there. And Lisa at FreshEggsdaily.com is my email. So it's all kind of easy.
2: Fantastic. Thank you so very much for joining us on the show today. And uh, that's it for today. And thank you for listening to the Urban Farm Podcast.
1: We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast.